welcome back. Today we have Coach Derrickson. He is the now offensive coordinator at Eastern Illinois University. Coach, thanks yes, for being sir. here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, you just got this job, I believe. You were the special teams. Now now you're the boss. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so uh, the uh, the old offensive coordinator got the uh, head coaching job at, at a now rival school in our conference. Yep. Um, so I had been with Coach Wilkerson prior to his arrival here at Eastern Illinois. And, uh, you know, I had been his offensive coordinator at the University of Chicago. Um, so now it's kind of right back in the uh, the same jobs we had when we were up at uh, UC. Yeah, one of a uh, coach I work with, I think you might coach his brother. I work with Anthony Beltrano, and I think yeah. you coached his brother over there. Correct. Because he told me, he's like, hey, did you see Coach uh, Deckerson got the OC job at EIU? And I was like, no, I didn't. So I had to get on real quick. Because he knows I went to EIU, so he lo- I looked. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I'll be talking to him this week or something." <laughs> and, he, and a lot of old connections. I mean, through shoot, all the schools I've been at, um, and that's the best part about you know coaching is just all those guys calling back and uh, you know the congratulations texts I got from guys I coached you know uh, fifteen years ago. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, the, uh, the invitations to the weddings. You know, man, what really made me feel old is last month I got a. Um, I'm having a baby, you know, one of those wedding shower deals, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. <laughs> the gray hair makes sense now. <laughs> well, that that's why I cut everything off or it just falls out so you can't see it no more. EIU grad, smarter than me. <laughs> well, and my wife likes shorter hair because when my hair gets longer, you do see it's like white right here. And, <laughs> and because I'm older now, it's not going down. It's poofing out a little bit. And she's like, you better get rid of it. So it just goes. <laughs> there you go. Hey, happy wife, happy life. Yes, and then the beard, I do that. As soon as I see the white come in, I'm like, nope, and I gotta gotta go. <laughs> and I tell the kids if a new one comes in, I name it after them. I'm like, hey, you caused this one, you caused this one. There you go. And I give it names. I've been doing that since I used to. I went to EIU, and then I coached for years at Charleston High School, and that's when I started oh, yeah. it. I started it that if I had, I had my first white hair pop in, and I go. Tony, you caused this or something. And he was like, what? I was like, you see this white hair? And they're like, pull it out. I'm like, no, because then more are going to start popping up. Because <laughs> I was like 25. I was an OC, 25 years old there. And I got yep. that. I was like, is this why? Because I'm an OC and this is popping up. Uh, and all the coaches like, yeah, because you're in charge. And I was like, exactly right. <laughs> and especially when you think you know everything and you don't. That's the worst part is when you're younger. Absolutely. Going back to the drawing board, having to learn a little bit more and uh, being humble enough to say, hey, you know, I don't know everything and, right. and getting back and, and learning is, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a great experience. But Yeah. Beltrano was like, I can't believe those two left University of Chicago when you when you guys all went down there last year. He's like, they've been there for so long. He didn't think you guys were ever going to leave. And I was like, yeah, but Wilkerson, he coached at EIU before. So there was a connection and uh, you're, you are taking a step up from Division three to one double A, but you guys had it rolling at University of Chicago. That's like a big time Division three program. Yeah, Coach did a really good job when Coach uh, Wilkerson first got there. I mean, it was right around 500, sub 500, and um, you know he did a really good job of just implementing a culture. You know where University of Chicago is a different. You know, it's a different animal, very much probably like an Ivy League where. Yeah. You know, these guys have so much on their plate academically um, and being able to handle the football, um, the game planning, and then their academics on top of that. Right. Um, you know, and then they've got all these internships and, and career days and things they need to take part in and interviews during the season that, um, you know, they're not like an interview that 
I did, you know, coming out of college where, right. you know, I sat down and I was, I was going to be a teacher and, um, you know, I actually taught at Barrington high school for a few years uh-huh. and having a one-on-one with, uh, you know, the department chair and, um, you know, it's not like that. They're doing zooms and they're meeting all these people and they're in suit and ties all day. I mean, um, it, it was, it was a different process for those guys. A lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the retention of the knowledge that those kids had, um, you know, it, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I could talk about something on day three of camp and not come back to it till maybe like week six in the season. And all of a sudden I'm going to be like, okay, you guys remember this? And it's like, yep, no problem. Yeah. I'm going, How do you remember that stuff? Like, how do you retain it? Um, you know, in my quarterback room, I had two quarterbacks playing chess without a board. They were just writing down the moves next to each other. And I was, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was kind of just baffled. And all right, guys, let's talk some football now because <laughs> this is way beyond me. Yeah, I'm, you saying that, I'm too stupid for that. That's yeah, not happening. Me too. <laughs> I'm the old line coach. I'm not doing that. I'm, no. No. <laughs> Um, one of your you other get your combo straight if you're the O line coach, making sure you know where you're going. But uh, you know, chess is a different animal. Oh yeah, that stuff. You you, you tried chess on the board and writing it down. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, give me my phone <laughs> out. Let me get the rules back up. You know, O line stuff. Oh yeah, I can tell you exactly what footwork here, 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 here. No, don't don't even. Yep. Well, same thing in school. I was horrible at math. Like, don't even try. When it comes to sports math, that was the funny thing. Me and math never got along. In the weight room, you could I could look at a weight and just be like, it's that much. And they're like, well, this is easy. And then they're like, stupid, why don't you reply that to the math? And I'm like, oh, okay. But you're like 16 years old. You don't know any better. No, oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, going to get my master's was a blast. I mean, I got my master's in, in coaching education. Mm-hmm. So when I had to take a master's class with statistics, it scared me to death. Right. But then I started thinking about, okay, what can I use that in terms of football? Um, and then I started doing, you know, my thesis on um, touchdowns and turnovers. Yeah. Finding out that, you know, touchdowns and turnovers, you get a plus one for a touchdown, minus one for a turnover. You guys gain a turnover. That's plus one. You know, if you're, I believe uh, the the end product was if you were plus two or higher, you won 92% of the football games you played in. If you were plus one, zero, or minus one, I think it was something that had to do with field goal percentage. Um, you know, the winner of the field goal percentage battle was going to win the football game, uh, whatever it was, 95% of the time. But, right. uh, you know, it was just cool doing those statistics. And all of a sudden, you can take something that's really tangible to the guys on the sideline and be like, okay, hey, we've scored four touchdowns this game as an offense. We've given up a turnover. We're plus three. We're doing our job right now. Right. You know what I mean? If the defense – you know, can end up being minus one because for defense to be plus in that system, that's tough. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to expect them to be a little in, in the minus, but if they're minus one, you're plus three, shoot, we got a 92% chance to win this game. Let's roll. Right. Um, and the guys could figure that out. So when the guys on defense held the other team to a field goal, it was a win because field goals don't, don't equate into that. Hey, stop them from getting the touchdown, you right. know? Um, and it become, it, it became a, a battle one on the field and we still got momentum going into the next drive. Right. Yeah, see, all that math makes total sense. You put me in a classroom, you're just like, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't get it. But when it comes to sports, super easy. Super no easy. Doubt. Um, another player that coached, one of your old players, uh, Ambrose, running back that you guys had. He, yep, Nick D'Ambrose, yep. He volunteered for us this year as a running back coach, and he is going to go be a doctor or something. And so, like, Correct. it was like a one-year deal, and he wasn't there all the all, every day. But I'm like, I can't be mad at you. You're trying to be a doctor. I can't be. We oh, can't yeah. be mad, <laughs> mad about that. 
Yeah, no, same same deal with the you know maybe missing a practice because he had a lab or something. You know, you oh, yeah. be mad about it. He's going to go make money. He's going to go open people up someday and fix them. I mean, uh, it's pretty. You know, it's it's pretty cool. And we actually had one of our players, um, in a lineman, go up and shadow at uh, the office facility that he worked at. Uh, uh-huh. So you know, he mentioned Coach Wilk. He mentioned myself. Yeah. And our player came back down. I was like, Nick was unbelievable. Like. Uh-huh. You guys coached him. It was like, yeah. And not only did we coach him, he was an All-American. Yep. Uh, was absolute stud. Yeah. Um, so you know, if we uh, we were able to just get a hat on a hat, there was a lineman covering up somebody. You know, he was able to uh, you know find the hole and, and and get vertical. And obviously, I'm, I'm assuming he did a pretty good job with uh, with you guys then. Yeah. Uh, this is not talking bad about him at all. He came. He couldn't start to like right when football started. So part of the summer missed, which was fine. Like he's a volunteer. He's outside the building. We all get it. Right. He had to learn very quickly. He was explaining things to me, and I'm like, you're, you're really smart. I understand it, but we're about to deal with high school kids, you know? Like, <laughs> And so once he realized that their vision may not have been his vision, he got so much better as it went on, especially because he did. He would go help the JV games and also help varsity. So both of those things helped him. So, yeah, he did a great job. But I knew that first, like, week or two, he was I'm like, now I'm going to tell you who you have because I was the run game guy. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to tell you what I want. And I'm about to tell you who you're going to deal with. So, like, their vision wasn't as good, so we had to go to pistol instead of sidecar stuff. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, they don't have the vision. Like, you're seeing it. You're understanding it. I said, but this sophomore in high school, this junior high school does not have your mindset. And then all of a sudden, he was – then I just saw it. He was able to tweak things for them as a high schooler. And I was like, see, there it is. Like, he figured it out. Because I told him, I've been coaching for 14 years. I was like, I had to figure that out a long time ago. Because I can learn things from all you guys from a college perspective. I can go to high school and do exactly what you guys are doing, and my kids' heads will spin. Like, how yeah. do I tail it to what they're doing? Because, I mean, I have Division One players, but if they do go play college, I at least want it to be sort of college-esque so they're used to it. But, man, some kids, they just can't do exactly what you guys are doing, and that's okay, but he figured it out. Super smart. He came to JV game like his suit because he came right from something. I'm and I'm laughing. He's on the sideline like a suit, coaching right, right, right. office. Oh, oh yeah. looking old school. <laughs> oh yeah, he had like the coat on, the tie, the shoes. I'm wearing. I'm just watching the JV game. I'm in sweatpants and a hoodie. I'm looking over and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go this way because he he's all dressed for success. And it's a small world. No, it is. It's a real small world. Um, but that's also one of those things for young coaches. Like young coaches are coming right off the field a lot of times yep. and they have to figure out, okay, you know, this is how I learned. This is how I did it. Um, that's probably the biggest lesson for young coaches is how do I adapt this to, um, you know, the, the players that I have, because some guys are going to learn visually. Yep. Some guys are more auditory. Some guys need to walk through it. You're going to put cones up and, you know, for the running backs, trash cans and try to move them yep. around. Um, you know, what are the different ways? And I know one way worked for you, but what are the different ways that you can get to work for, all of your players um, right and yeah those young guys that that can figure that out you know tend to have some pretty good careers going down the path yeah uh because we had this great running back or it was a running back that played at glumbard west um they moved to addison he transferred in we really had to work with him because he was super athletic but he was almost too fast for his own good if that makes sense like getting there too quick and he also played at glumbard west who runs that wing t-esque system we're running a zone so it was all that so I think for, for Nick, it was like, well, why can't you see this? Because I can. And then we had to tell him, like, look at the system he came from. 
we have to tail this. That's why we're going to go pistol. So maybe he's not, whatever. And then we had a sophomore running back that was a quarterback trying to figure it out. So now he's starting from the ground up. And I think he figured out very quickly, like, because we would have conversations about exactly how we should do things. And I said, that looks great, but do we have to throw something out or do we like, do you realize what kind of lineman I have? Do you realize what kind of quarterback we might have? In high school, they're not as disciplined on defense, so it might look like they're lining up right, but they probably screwed it up, and, you know, like, it looks good. And so I think it was only a year deal for him. I don't know if he's going to come back next year, but for one year it was great because he's from Addison, did good things, um, had nothing but good things to say about you guys too, so it was just – he had a blast there, and I know he did great. So it was just a small world. He knew you guys. Beltrano knows you guys. I think I knew somebody else that knew, and I was like, oh, I'm just surrounded by people that know everybody. <laughs> no, it's good connections. I mean, and and when you can leave an impression, I mean, that's what we're in for, you right. know, um, trying to try to leave guys with a great impression and, and believe in something, and, you know, hopefully uh, they take something with them that you taught along the way. Um, so you said you started off coaching high school, like you were sitting there. I think you said that, maybe at Barrington. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I, Barrington High School was my first uh, job out of college. When I was still in college, I finished my four years. And uh, my fifth year, instead of going in and, um, you know, I still had to do student teaching. Um, so I couldn't graduate assistant because student teaching, I mean, it takes too much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able, I was in the Indianapolis area and uh, did a fall with Ben Davis High School, um, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, at the time, Dick Dullahan who did all the Bishop Dullahan camps back in the day. It was his final year before he retired. Um, you know, he, he was the head coach and it was his last year and to get a chance just to see um, an Indiana high school hall of fame head coach work and be in the inner workings of this monster of a program that had won a number of state titles um, was, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation and uh, mm-hmm. you know, teaching at, um, at a high school and then driving over there and, and coaching for the season it, it really helped me catch the bug because I wasn't hundred percent certain and mm-hmm. sold on, on um, you know, coaching. And then I was sold on coaching just then high school or college. Um, and I went back to, to Barrington high school and, and coached there for about four seasons um, before I decided I wanted to uh, kind of get involved with the college game. Right. Um, you know, I had a blast. I enjoyed being in the classroom, um, but I taught high school history, which every student has to take. So you get, uh, you know, the students that want to be there and and it's engaging. Um, I taught AP economics. Students want to be there. It's engaging. But then you have those people who have to take it and, you know, they got their phones underneath the desk (laughs) looking down. Um, And I just wanted to be in a classroom that everybody truly chose to and wanted to be in um, because I felt like I could develop a better relationship with the people in that classroom. Um, And that's why I wanted to go to college football, because, you know, in a college football classroom, the majority of guys, they want to be there. They're engaged. Um, And I chose college instead of high school because, um, you know, in high school, those kids go home to their parents. Um, College, they've got me. And I love being the guy that they that they depend on and they lean on and that they can call, you know, if uh, if they need something. So, you know, they have parents, but their parents are are further away, you know, so I love being that person for them. and, you know, I've, I've had a blast ever since, uh, you know, I jumped uh, jumped into the college game. Yeah, I I thought about the college game and I took the high school route, the long route, and now I'm 33. I'm like, nope, not doing it. I'm not doing the GA <laughs> stuff. Uh, you know, people have asked me and I'm like, you know, it sounds cool, but no, like it's done. <laughs> it's over. And that's totally fine. 
No, there's something great about the stability and the consistency of, of high school, you know, football, especially nowadays with um, the transfer portal, changing the game of college and I know changing the game of college, you know um, you know, it's, it's becoming a much different game and, and high school is, is still the same high school ball. It is, you know, Um, there is obviously it, it changed a few years ago with, you know, and I shouldn't say a few years ago, it was a long time ago with the, private schools being able to recruit, but you know, it's become consistent now, you know, it's become consistent and and you guys deal with it every year. And in terms of guys going to the peewee games and looking at eighth graders and talking them into coming to their schools. But um, you know, it's made it a little bit of a college game for you guys, but at the, at the end of the day too, you know, you guys uh, as high school coaches do a great job at your quote unquote everyday jobs. um, And then, you have the fun of, of the high school atmosphere and um, you know, it's, it's Friday night lights. Like there's, there's something that everybody's going to look back on who played high school football and say, there's nothing like the Friday night lights, nothing like, you know, the uh, relationships I established, um, you know, back in high school and with my coaches. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that in, in a lot of people and in most minds can't be beat. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, those high school coaches, I mean, it's, it's awesome, you know, still being uh, it, it football's football, you right. know, it's, um, you know, obviously you get a little faster when you get to college and in some levels of college guys are faster, you know, and, and maybe you can do a few more things, um, but uh, still ball. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know why I took the college or the high school route. Uh, Cause I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what I was thinking back then, but because I started coaching right away. I, like, walked on at EIU, got my butt kicked, and I said, this ain't for me. Coach Spoo was the coach. Okay, the, yep. Their linemen were, like, still over 300 pounds because he ran that pro-style type thing because they were big. This was 2009. I walk in at 275, and then they laughed. They were like, you ain't big enough. And you walk on, you're paying to play. And all of a sudden, it became where I didn't love football anymore. And I said, okay, this is when I knew. It wasn't because of what they did. It was just – mentally i'll be honest mentally couldn't handle it yeah. so i just went to coaching and i've been doing it since i was 19 years old and now i'm 33 high school varsity since i was 19 years old <laughs> and that's all i know and i do all three sports i do basketball and baseball so i do all three there's never a day off there's never anything else um and i had a buddy that g8 at eastern for two years northern utep and then for some reason, he's like, I, he stopped. He was like, I can't handle some of the shady stuff that goes on. I can't handle this, this, or this. So he coaches high school football or a high school football in Texas. And I'm like, well, you still kind of won. You're doing high school football in Texas. You're probably making yep. the same amount of money as you would at a Division two or something. Like, you're still okay. <laughs> um, so you, you went to college. You, you met up with Coach Wilkerson at the University of Chicago, got to Eastern. Um was it any type of shell shock to go to Charleston, Illinois? Because I know that place is not University of Chicago or any other place. No, that's that's correct. Um, but in my in my career path, I've been in a couple places that didn't have much around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but truth be told, both my parents graduated from Eastern in the seventies. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'd also uh, when I was at Barrington, I didn't only coach football; I coached track. Okay. Um, and I had a couple um, all-state four by four teams and a couple all-state. 400 runners and hurdlers. Yeah. So I had been in Charleston before, um, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't a shock or a surprise. Um, I will say I don't live in Charleston okay. because, uh, I have three children. They're all hockey players. Uh-huh. Um, and the nearest hockey is going to be 45 minutes North of, 
uh, Champaign, which is where I live. Yeah. So Champaign was kind of the uh, halfway point between hockey and, and football. Right. Um, you know, and I have an unbelievable wife who is extremely understanding about all of it. And, you know, she just asks if I can make her life a little bit easier sometimes. And if I got to take a 45 minute drive to work every day to make her life easier, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're not the only one. A lot of coaches live away from Charleston because I went to Oakwood, which is right by Danville and Champaign. Yeah. So for me, Charleston was bigger because my school had 300 kids. Then once you live in Charleston for a little bit, you go, oh, it's one road. There's a pizza place every three blocks. And it's not nice pizza. It's fast food pizza. But for some people, it's a culture shock to, like, go to Charleston. Like, it's just, especially in the suburbs. Like, when they go to Charleston, they're like, people park on their yard. There's country music blaring. Um, There's there's a party up there. Like, they, they can't fathom that what Charleston is. And that's part of the recruiting process. Like, as soon as I talk to guys about coming here, I, I tell them exactly what they're going to see. You know, hey, you're going to hit some cornfields about an hour away from campus, and, and that's, what's, what, that's what's going on. Right. But as you know, going here, the cool thing about Charleston is, you know, you're here with your boys. You're yep. here with your academics. You're here with football. And this is a football community. Mm-hmm. When Charleston High School is playing well, when EIU is playing well, this community comes out in numbers. Yep. And it is fun. Yep. You know, um, Every, I'm, I'm a Starbucks addict. Okay. Uh-huh. So every place, every, uh, you know, place I've gone, I go to the same Starbucks, whatever school I'm at. Um, and I'll tell you what, this one, they got to know me the quickest. I mean, it's just, you have that community. Oh, coach, what's going on? Yep. You know, great win, but it, it's, it's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just again, it's, it's, it's part of that community. Yes. It's, it's small and, and we're kind of secluded. Coach Wilkerson um, affectionately refers to Charleston and Mattoon as the Twin Cities. Um, you know, so down here in the Twin Cities, there's yeah. uh, you know, there's everything you need to be, you know, a great college student, a great football player. Um, there's that community, you know, that that people can come here, spend four or five years um, and get out and be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've got the NFL guys, yep. you know, that have been successful. Um, you know, we've got some people that have done businesses, yep. um, been successful. Shoot, Jimmy John's. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. sub shop number one across the street. Yep. Um, you know, people have come here and had great careers. So uh, it is a culture shock to some people that are used to the suburbs. But for those people, you know, I challenge them. It's good to get away um, yeah. and be in a different environment and be in a little bit more of a secluded community for your college experience because, um, you know, that can be the best experience you're going to have. Um, right. Now, you may not want to live here when you when you leave, um, but you're going to leave this place going, I love the people there. I love my experience. Um and you know you're going to go on and, and be successful. So yeah, that the, the campus is not too big. If it's everything's right there, and like you said, it's you're going to remember people from your class. You might be walking around and be like, oh yeah, we had that class together, and you remember people. You go to nothing wrong with bigger colleges, obviously, but some don't get all of that. So that's a great recruiting tick of like you're going to make friends. Um, plenty of people on Lincoln went to Eastern have businesses all through there. Uh, when I was coaching there, like you said, coaching even just high school ball, I walk through Walmart and you see people like, oh, he, you're the o-. – well, it depends if we won or not. If we lost, you're the OC that called those plays, and you're like, yeah, and then you do this. <laughs> but, like, they know. Like, at least they know. Um, yeah. The Mattoon-Charleston games at EIU are packed. Like, they, they are sold out. Um, and the tailgating is awesome because – 
like you said, it's just a, it's a small town feel with a bigger environment, if that makes sense. Like, yep, you know, Charleston's what twenty thousand people, so it's not too small, but it's has a small town feel to it. So, and it's bigger than people think. Like all the farming and the, the where the people live. And um, I went to college with people that got jobs at like the high schools and stuff. Like they don't some have not left. They went down there and just never left. They're yeah. like, uh, I lived in the suburbs my whole life. Um, I got my education degree. Now I could be an assistant principal here and make decent money and the taxes aren't too high and the houses like, Oh, I'll live around here in Mattoon or Tescola or, or around there. And I, I liked EIU. Like it wasn't like my wife liked it. She went down there. She went to York. She went down there. She said her first week, she was like, Oh my God, where am I? Because, <laughs> you know, she went to York. Well then she loved living down there. Now she never lived there again. Like you said, but she's like, I loved it. Cause it was, a change, you know, now for, for me living in Oakwood, I was like, it's just a bigger version. Like to me, it was fine. Cornfields, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, these country lane roads. Oh, that freaked her out. What do you mean? It's just this little road with no line. I'm like, it's called a country road. You just go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you are right. If, if both teams are winning, um, that town loves it. And this year you guys had a great season should have made the playoffs. I saw that. And I go, oh my god! There's not much more you could have done, really. But I yep. mean, you guys got it kind of turned around. Um, what was the process like to kind of get that turned around so quick? Because it's your second year. Like it, it went quick. Yeah, you know when when Coach Wilkerson got here, and, and and one of the things that I love about Coach Wilkerson, one of the things that drew me to you, Chicago, was the mandate he has for the coaches. And his philosophy is we are going to coach uh, our players like they're our sons and daughters. Uh Um, That's how we're going to treat them. Um, Luckily I get after my sons and daughters plenty. Um, So the guys were, uh, the guys were ready for it. Um, But you know, it was a family atmosphere. And, and that first spring, we, when we arrived, you know, February wasn't about X's and O's and them learning our offense. It wasn't about the, the, the March wasn't, until we got to spring ball wasn't about X's and O's and learning the defense. Um, It was about having conversations and learning about each other. You know um, what, you know, what do they want to be? What makes them tick? Um, Learning about us, where we come from, what's my family like. Um, And it was us getting to know the guys. And I think that was huge because there's a bunch of different cliches that, that, that talk about, you know, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care, you know, all those different things. But that was a hundred percent true when we got here Um, and we got to know the guys, the guys got to know us and the bond that we created was pretty strong. Um, That first May, uh, you know, we did a lot of recruiting in terms of some transfers and bringing in some guys to try to help us out immediately. Um, And it wasn't just about bringing in, the best football players. There are great football players everywhere. You have to bring in the right guys that are not only great football players, but they fit, you know, the character of each room or the character of the coach in each room. Um, And we brought in some guys that, that really did fit the mold that we wanted to build in each of our individual rooms. And then as an offense, a defense, special teams, and then as a team. Um, And we, we, we found the right guys. Uh Granted that first season wasn't great, you know, we only won two games, but we were in almost every game. Um, you know, the last game of the season, we're playing a UT Martin team that if they beat us, they tie for the conference title and they were 20 something in the country. Well, we took them down to the very last minute, you know, took them down to the wire. Um, and I think that was the springboard into the off season right. because now it was okay. Yeah. 
we had only won one game the previous couple seasons. We doubled that win total, you know, too. But, you know, it was a big step in terms of every game was tight. And the last game of the season when we had, I think, um, on the offense at least, I, I believe we only had one guy or two guys that had started game one that ended up finishing game 11 because of injuries and different things. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we got through that part and then in the off season, again, it was recruiting. We ended up bringing a great mid-year class, not only of incoming freshmen, but of a couple transfers because you have some guys leave, you know, right. that I appreciate the guys who were here with us that first season that gave our coaching staff an opportunity um, and then decided, you know what, um, I want to try something different, you know, and they jumped in the portal. We grabbed some guys out of the portal. Um, you know, there's that misconception that the portal's hurting high school recruiting. Not for us, at least. You know, we're still going to go out and get every the same amount of high school guys we would year in and year out with graduation. But when we have a junior leave, we're going to try to bring in a junior to fit it. And that junior right. can leave now because of the portal. So we're going to use a portal kid to fit it. Um, and that's what we ended up doing. Brought in some, uh, you know, pretty uh, productive players this uh, this past season. And then did the same thing with those guys. Learned about them. Right. Um, but we did a little bit more X's and O's. Uh-huh. In terms of the off season, um, because we had done the get to know you process, you know, the off season before. Right. So we're hammering now a little bit more of the X's and O's. The guys know where we come from. Um, you know, we hit the, uh, the the next recruiting cycle. You know, we're out on the road um, again, talking to our players and re-recruiting our players because we don't want them going in the portal after the spring because we feel like we got a good unit. Um, guys are not jumping in the portal because they feel like we've got a strong base of character on our team um and they busted each other in the summer you know right. they pushed each other hard um we got into august and it was like man we're, we're a pretty good team right you know and we're not just strong from a weight standpoint we're strong from a character and a bonding standpoint um so when we hit camp um uh, it was a blast yeah you know and we came out of camp guns blazing and had that first game where um we're getting ready to get on the bus and we've got three buses ready to roll to uh, to uh, Terre Haute, and bus number three backs over uh, two handicap parking signs. Oh. And signs rip the bottom of the bus open to where the oil's spilling out. Oh, um, so we hit adversity. It's awesome, you know. We're, we're not even in a game yet, and we're hitting adversity. So all the guys pile on the two buses together because we tried to call for a new one's not going to get there. All right, we got to go to Terre Haute. You know, guys pile on, and instead of having their own seat, linemen are sitting next to each other. And it's like, we're not going to let this beat us. You right. know, we get to Terre Haute, we get off the bus and you'd have thought everybody had their own bus, you know, um, to themselves the whole time, the way they came out and just rocked, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the opponent on the field. And, um, you know, all of a sudden that was kind of the start and we didn't let, you know, Bowling Green set us back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Bowling Green, tough FBS team in, in yeah. the Mac, um, you know, the guys could have had the win, but then backed off, but it was like, man, we can play with these guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and had a good game. And then, you know, we had the, uh, the rival then, uh, you know, the old uh, Illinois state came yep. down um, and it was a barn burner, yeah. beat by one. you know, and then we had a couple more games where we won by a field goal or we weren't playing very well, but we had to overcome it. And uh, the guys learned how to win on mm-hmm. the fly. Um, yep. And it was because they stuck together, you know, and again, because I think a lot of it was the right guys were together. 
and um, they bonded together. They learned about each other. We obviously had some talent too. Um, you know, our, our quarterback was extremely talented this past season, um, and and that helped. You know, with the offense, we had some really talented um, players around him and talented defense. Um, but every but but everybody got along, right. you know. And um, I think you know that can be that can be understated. You want to go out and you want to get the best players, but the best players aren't necessarily the ones with the most athleticism or the strongest, right. you know, the best players are guys who maybe you give a little on athleticism for a guy who's a fit for your room, you know, who's not going to be uh, a, a bad apple in the bunch, you know, maybe you give a little on strength because you see something in that guy that, you know, he's going to fit well with, especially, you know, this being the offensive line coach, if the offensive line doesn't gel, yeah, you're in trouble. You could have the five, best high school dudes in the country, but if they don't communicate and they can't work together, you might as well be, you know, the worst team in the country. If right. that's the case, you got the five best guys. So um, coach Wilkerson did a really good job of really molding this team together, bringing them together from a, a, a person standpoint. Right. Um, you know, this having been in Charleston, you know, people leave EIU saying, man, that place was awesome. And the thing I miss most are the people. Yep. Um, Yep. realistically that's the football team that that he developed was yep. a team about the people yep that you know me and the head coach at charleston not the one that's there now the one previous we did not get along and that's why we left but i do there are people down there that i said i left saying that i said there are good people down there from professors that i had from the business owners to the people that i coached with that you know, stayed down there and did things or whatever it was, or they're from Charleston. I'm like, there are good people down there and love my time there. So that, I mean, that's awesome to hear because EIU thrives off what exactly what you're talking about. When EIU is good at sports, that's actually what they all, every sport, they thrive on that. When they're not good, no offense to anybody else, there is a little disconnect if that makes sense. Like when Dino Babers got there, like no offense to Coach Spoo at all. Jimmy G was there for two years. I helped out spring ball. Babers got there junior year. I helped out spring ball. And it was just like, all of a sudden the glue went together. Don't know how it just did. And what did they do? They went to the playoffs. They won the conference. And then, then things started to fall apart a little bit with all the sports, but it was just, yeah, exactly what you said when it's together. And even Charleston high school, when it's together, they all do well. And, you know, when I talked to Coach Wilkerson on here last year, that's kind of the things he was saying because he got there so late was, I don't even have to worry about X's and O's. I'm more worried about, like, just getting the team together. And then um, one of your GAs was Cole Hoover, who I coached at Charleston. He was – I coached him. And then my buddy coached Bryce. He's an offensive lineman from Westville there. He coached him. And so it was just a very small world, but I tried – like, it was just awesome, like – all the stories that he was trying to put or like how he's going to build it. And he's like, I'm coming from the division three level of like, you have to love football to play division three. So I'm bringing that to Eastern. Like you have to love football. We're all going to love it. We're all going to be here. And it's just awesome. And then you guys did it this year. Like you won a lot of games. So it kind of worked or there's something yeah. behind it. Yeah, no, there, I mean, there was definitely a love for the game, you know, that, that we had with our guys. Um, and, it, and, and not just the game, but the grind, yeah. like football's a grind. You know, you play less games than pretty much every other sport, you know, in the NCAA. Yep. Um, and you got to love putting in the work in practice. And if you don't love practice, games are going to be, a, they're going to be a bear. Mm -hmm. um, and we, again, we just found the right guys that 
Because sometimes you can have a guy who loves practice with one group, but you put him in another group and it's going to be like a job. You know, our guys, you know, found it every day to come out, hanging out, you know, BSing and, and, and high-fiving and joking. And, um, you know, coach created a great atmosphere that our guys were able to do that. Um, and they had fun out there. Now, when it was time to get down to business, guys were getting down to business. You know, um, you know, Illinois State Week, everybody will tell you, it was, it was a little tighter, um, but the fun was still there. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the enthusiasm was still there. So um, guys just knew, okay, okay, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we can't be too much high-fiving right now and too much dancing after, you know, I catch a touchdown. You know, we got to get back to work and we got to right. do it again. Right. Um, to pivot a little bit, you made a comment mm-hmm. about, like, people talk about the transfer portals ruining high school recruiting. I talked to a coach who coaches Division Two a couple days ago, and he goes, I hate hearing high school coaches say that. And I said, well, it's funny you say that because that's all we talk about is what we're seeing, and that's why I tell people I don't listen to ESPN all the time. I like to have conversations about what is really happening. He said what has happened is maybe this kid would be Division One of like Illinois, Alabama, whatever. But because of the transfer portal, maybe that kid is now – Eastern Illinois caliber, like he's still going to go play college ball, but he's won double A now instead of maybe division one. He goes, but outside of that, he goes, I still recruit the same amount of high school that I do. And so do you hear that a lot? Like high school, it, more than anything, I said, maybe the COVID year would hurt for a year because people are staying longer, but now we're getting out of that a little bit. And so, but do you hear that a lot? Like, oh, this is going to ruin high school recruiting. Like, I don't see that, but we all said it. We just all we assumed we assumed that that was was going to happen. No, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It um, it's not so much the portal that hurt high school recruiting, although the portal opened up the same time as what happened with COVID. Yeah, um, I think everybody getting the extra COVID year. You know, the NCAA didn't expand rosters. You know, so. Uh-huh. The uh, the extra COVID year, all of a sudden guys have an extra year, so they'd be taking less high school guys as a result. Right. Um, and the, there are still COVID guys sitting around. I mean, I think we're going to have the COVID guys until the 25 classes or the 25 seasons done and over with. Um, because with 20 not counting, then you've got to got five years, you know, with a guy having a red shirt. Um, you know, it's, it's still going to take some time. And I think, again, the portal opened the same time. There was just that correlation. Um with the portal and uh, the COVID, uh-huh. that that's what cut some numbers. Right, um, wasn't necessarily you know the uh, uh, the portal itself. Um, and, and and I think there's you know there's a, probably a good um, uh, a good point by you know your buddy at a D two where a guy might go FCS instead of Power Five. And I will say this: I think some of the Power Fives maybe instead of taking a high school guy are going to take an FCS All American. Yes, you know, yep. as a sophomore, you yep. know, to, to fit you know, that hole that they have. Um, I, I think that's a valid point, and therefore there's an extra hole in the FCS level. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there is a little bit of that, but I do think it's more so, as you said, the COVID piece mm-hmm. with everybody getting the extra year um, and those guys still not having cycled out as of yet. Right. Well, of course, what do us high school coaches do? We talk about things and, and whatever. We said it's also because of COVID, but also because – they're making money now, so why would they leave? Like, if you could still play college ball and make money, why would you leave? And think about it from that perspective. I was 22 years old making money playing college football. Wow, no matter how much it is, it could be $50,000. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to school for free if I'm a scholarship player and I'm making money. Yeah, I'll stay. 
you know, like, why would I go work? Like, why would I go do that? So I knew that all affected a little bit. And I know from talking to Coach Wilkerson last year, I don't know if it's changed as much. You guys dealing with name, image, and likeness, has that grown a lot there at Eastern or is it not? No, it's it's pretty it's pretty minimal still. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in a lot of FCS programs or the majority of FCS programs, it probably is minimal. Um, you'll see it mo- obviously huge at the power fives. Right. You know, when you get to the, the, to that level, if you don't have the money, you know, you're going to be in trouble and you're going to be at a disadvantage. Um, you know, Chip Kelly, you know, said it the best uh, a few days ago, you know, just in terms of there needs to be two different conferences or divisions where you have all of those power five NIL, you know, huge, uh, you know, huge money teams. And then you need to have the other teams down there, you know, in a separate bracket to separate it. And football needs to be different than the other sports in, uh, you know, in college sports, uh, because it's, it's a different animal. It's a different moneymaker. Um, and there are, there is more money going there and basketball, um, than there is anything else. But yet when, the guys go into the uh, you know NCAA eligibility center. They're filling out the same uh, questions that you know somebody in the Northeast who's in the rowing team is filling out, um, and it's it, it's just different. Right. Um, you can't. I don't think they can all fit under the same umbrella. No. When, you know, football is literally a six, seven, three hundred pound guy. You know, and the other sports are looking at six foot, you know, one hundred and sixty pound people. Right. Well, especially. Because of Chip Kelly, they're going to the Big Ten, and he said, "What we have to go play a Big Ten school, but then our softball team is going to Rutgers. They should be playing Arizona or something." Or, like, I feel bad for all the other sports. Like, it was cool to see. Oh, they're in the Big Ten. Awesome. Because I'm a U of I guy. Awesome. And then I thought about it again. I'm like, well, wait a minute though. Basketball's got to travel. Softball's got to travel. Baseball's got to travel. Uh, the swimming team's got to travel. Like, wow. Like. And I love football, but all the decisions were made on football. Like you said, every decision is made because, well, who makes the most money? Right. Football. Football and basketball. Well, and, and, and it goes also to how many games does football play? Like, you're not going to play everybody in the Big Ten. Right. You know, you're only going to play a certain amount of teams. So it doesn't make any sense if the softball girls are all going to have to play everybody in the Big Ten. They're going to have to be doing all the traveling when football's not even doing all that much traveling. Right. You know, they've got a home and away. It's not, you know um, – they're going to have to go to a couple of way schools, but they're going to bring some of those schools home. And, you know, there's only a, a, a handful of about 12 opportunities, 13. If you make the championship, you know, it's, it's a different animal, right. um, but yeah, they're governing everybody under the same, um, you know, under the same umbrella, you know, basketball, they might have the money to do it. Um, you know, I think what eventually is going to happen with a lot of these conferences is if they're smart, they're going to do it like uh, back in COVID where they had the bubble and you bring everybody uh-huh. in, for a weekend or a week, you put them in a bubble and they all play each other so that you're not having to do all these, you know, paying for travel over and over and over. You know, you find one site, you play a bunch of games, you get your conference games out, and then you go back home and then you can play some of the local conference games, um, you know, instead of having to travel all the way out to Rutgers from uh, UCLA. But then they're also student athletes. So it's like, how do you balance like class? People said that. And I'm like, well, Let's be careful how we say student athlete, but I'm like softball and baseball. Like, really, they got to leave and go to Penn State or wherever and try to get back and do schoolwork on top of that to keep up their scholarship and their GPA. Like, are you kidding me? Like, some professors aren't going to let that slide. We've seen that before. Like, I'm not giving them an extension on 
the Duke professor, like, oh, that's cool, you won, but I'm not giving you an extension on this paper or something. Like, yeah. Well, and that name's going to have to change. I mean, with all these with all these kids making all this money, you know, it's not just student athlete. Now you're a student athlete and entrepreneur. Like, yeah. there needs to be another word tagged on to these guys because it's not just student athlete anymore. With the money coming in and the fact that people are choosing, which I'm all for choosing mm-hmm. to stay at school. Yep. All right, but choosing to stay at school because you're making more than you would have made had you gone and been a professional, that's getting out of hand. So yeah, call him a student athlete entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. but not a student athlete anymore. My buddy said this the other day. He goes, Steve, think about this. They're making this money as a college student. Wait till they have to pay taxes on this as as income. And I was like, oh, I don't even understand taxes yet. And I'm an adult. And he goes, exactly. Are they now it's on the football coaches to show them taxes. And I'm like, that's just another job that they have to do or figure out. It'll be a new class they come up with. You know, it'll be the student athlete, um, you know, finance class right. where, you know, they're making all this money. So they're going to have to bring in a professor or pay the finance, you know, teacher already to take it to do an extra class just for student athletes to deal with all the money that's coming in that they have to pay off uh, yeah. taxes and everything else on. Yeah, or like invest it. If they're going to go invest the money, if they make enough, I mean, if you're Alabama's of the world and, and all that, you're going to invest it. How do you do that? Yeah. I don't know. Like, don't ask me. I'm the dumb old line coach. Don't ask me how it works. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. And then with name, image, <laughs> with name, image, and likeness at Eastern, like you guys obviously look at the transfer portal. Has it been a huge thing for Eastern since you've been there? Like with like, obviously you said you guys aren't losing kids. But how often do you look at it? Do you always have to be looking at it? Is it always like every single day we're looking and figuring it out? So at this point, I think every school has to has to buy some sort of a service, you know, that helps with the transfer portal. Right. Um, you know, and as a result, you, you have that service. And, yeah, you update it every day. You look at it. Um, I think, too, you know, one of the things that um, when Coach Wilkerson was here in the 90s that they were really good at, um, was finding the right junior college guys um, mm-hmm. yep, and making sure that we're still not neglecting the junior college uh, athletes, you know, that can come in and, and help us as well. So I think we've done a good job of finding a little mixture of junior college athletes along with transfer portal guys. Um, you know, yeah, this, this year we didn't, we didn't lose too many. We lost more the, the, the prior year, um, but we didn't lose too many this year. Um, but you've always got to be, you know, checking it out, looking, trying to better your team, um, you know, and find guys again that are, right for EIU, right for Charleston. Um, and then obviously that fit what you're looking for on, on your roster. So yeah, we're constantly, uh, you know, looking at the portal and, and trying to turn over stones and um, see what guys work. But um, I think another piece of the portal is, you know, we everybody's a little bit different. Every coach individually is a little bit different. Right. Um, me personally, I like looking when I'm looking at the portal for guys coming up by that. I mean, a division two all conference all American, a division three all American. You know, one of our second team all conference guys this past year was a D three all American, uh-huh. you know, who had a chip on his shoulder. He wanted, you know, he wanted to prove he could play division one ball. And ironically enough, when I was at Western Michigan um in 2017, we offered him a PWO at our camp. Um, uh-huh. but not a scholarship. When we were here, we offered him a scholarship. Um, he took it, you know, and 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 proved he could play at this level. You know, um, those are the guys that I think fit what we want, because one of Coach Wilkerson's, um, you know, uh, philosophies or talking points with our guys is, look, guys, we get especially now we're eight and three. We don't make the playoffs. We got a giant chip on our shoulder. Um, Right. Find guys that fit that mold. 
you know, that may have been overlooked because they were an inch or two too short, you know, or in high school, their 40 wasn't fast enough, or, you know, they weren't strong enough coming out of high school, or maybe they played at a small school and the only team that was looking at them was a division three or division two, you know, program. Um, looking for those guys who have the chip on the shoulder, like, okay, I proved it here. Right. Now you come there and I want to prove it again. Right. Um, you know, that's, I guess, what I kind of look, try to look for in the, uh, in the transfer portal. It's always, that's all like, you're, you're, you're going to find that diamond in the rough type of thing. And that's what Eastern is. Eastern when I was there was this kid came from a junior college. Maybe he went to Milliken and now he's here. Like it, it, Eastern, it seems like you guys are still building foundation of like what Eastern was or is, is that culture but, thing and then all that. Yeah. Well, and, and you're right. It's, it's, you, you can say was because it is way different back then. Oh yeah. Not just Eastern, but the whole environment of the NCAA to what it is now. Right. But we're still finding that same niche now in the new NCAA environment um, for what they used to do. Like uh, Tony, you know, mm-hmm. Tony didn't have an offer anywhere else. He was, I think he was going to go to a UW uh, division three school until Eastern found him diamond in the rough, you know, up in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, and then, all of a sudden he becomes Tony Romo, the Cowboys quarterback, the guy who, you know, can predict the score on NFL on Sundays, Right. you know, um, and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy didn't have a bunch of, a bunch of offers, no, you know, no. EIU went up and, and, and offered him a little bit more than somebody else. And he came down here and lit it up. Um, now the question, you know, is with the legacy of Jimmy and Tony, you know, we talk about it all the time. How will we be able to get a guy like that to stay at Eastern, you know, um, for four years, in today's climate um, right well i hope we have that problem coming up because that means we've got some pretty guy from pr- some pretty good players you right. know that are that are uh that are here um but we're still looking for those um you know those diamonds in the rough those guys who maybe have been overlooked that fit what we want to do and what we do as a culture and then i also said this to somebody if you're still bringing high school kids in which a lot of people are and you have these older guys that are still being brought in they you're setting yourself up because maybe you redshirt them. They get bigger and stronger. Maybe they would be ready to play in a normal world, but if you bring someone for the transfer portal, they're now getting bigger, stronger. If they're bought in and they're going to stay and they're going to start and they can learn from those guys, you're setting yourself up. So like, cause I know the old school way, build it from high school, build it from junior college and it's going to be good. Now it has to be good now, but if you could somehow find that balance, teams are usually going to be pretty good now the way the new world is with the transfer portal and all that stuff. Like if you can do that, you'll be pretty good because it's just mixed together. Well, and, and I think, you know, when you say build it from high school, what that means is, is those guys have been in your culture for two, three, four Mm -hmm. years. And when those other guys come in, all of a sudden it's like, no, this is how we do things. You know, it's, it's not a learning process. It is, you know, this is, this is how we're going to go about it. This is, how you can form um, and going back to, you know, how it got built so quickly. We tried to do that immediately with not obviously the high school f- kids we brought in, but with everybody mm-hmm. and trying to assimilate them to, Hey, this is the family atmosphere that we're going to build. We don't have four years to do it with you guys. Cause you guys aren't freshmen. We have, you know, six to nine months before we get this next season rolling that we're going to do it, you know? Right. And then throughout the season, they saw us, we didn't change. We were consistent, you know, um, just because we got down in the game. We didn't change from when we were up in the game, you know, mm-hmm. and them seeing that from us as the examples, you know, it just, I don't know, trickle down effect to everybody in the program. Um, 
So when we brought in new players, you know, that next winter and, and tried to assimilate them during the, uh, the winter and the off season, you know, it was, it, the culture was set. Um, right. So coach did a really good job with just getting everybody on board fast instead of taking a kid for four years. And all of a sudden that kid can now teach everybody else. Right. Cause I would say it was done fast. Like this year when you saw it, like I didn't watch every game, but you could tell from last year to this year, I was like, hey, that was pretty quick. And, <laughs> and, and talking to you, you, you kind of have to be, I guess. And now like in today's world, because how do you, another pressure for you guys, how do you keep, kids here like you're not going to go overboard like if you're going to go <laughs> the old school mentality if you're going to go you're going to go yes but you still have to figure out how do we keep these kids and i listen to coach bielema talk about like he'll have an adult conversation with some guys at U of I. if they're going to go he'll have a conversation with them if they decide to go they go but you still have to try to keep them around and I feel bad for college coaches sometimes. It just keeps adding more and more to your guys' plate and, like, more pressures and everything else. And I'm like, people talk about, oh, they make all this money. And I'm like, I don't even care. The way it's changed on you guys, I respect you guys because it just keeps adding on and on. And I'm like, I had to keep up. I couldn't imagine continue to keep up. But it seemed like from Eastern's perspective, you guys had a positive attitude about it and say, well, it's changed. We're just going to go with it. You yeah. got to. You, you have to. You know, and it's like a football game. You know, the, the official calls something, well, what are you going to do? You can sit there and yell about it, but it ain't going to help. You know, he's not going to change the call. Right. Um, you've got to roll with it. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's what we had to do, and that's what we did. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you have some guys that believe that they can, you know, maybe play at a higher level, and they want to they want to experience that. Um, you hope that the, the relationships you've established, um, you can have, as you said, like Coach Bielema, establish some adult conversations and have some adult conversations with those guys. And realistically, you know, if you have a great relationship with them, it's going to be, Hey, okay. I see what you're saying. You, you might be ready for that next level or, Hey, I don't, I don't think you're going to go and get what you, what you want, you know, and in having those open conversations with those guys, um, which I love the NCAA and how they put the dead period right after uh, Thanksgiving weekend, um, because that allows you to have those one-on-one conversations with everybody in the program. Right. You know, that's what we do here. Every, every coach has a one-on-one with every player in his position. And then coach Wilk has a one-on-one with every player in the program, um, to establish here's where we see you, you know, um, what is it that you want to do? You know? Um, and he asked, he asked the, the question point blank, you know, to the guys like, are you leaving? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because when you have a good open relationship and a, and a strong relationship, you can ask blunt questions um, and get truthful answers. Right. Um, right. You didn't have a guy that said, Oh coach, I'm staying and then go and put his name, you know, in the portal with, with compliance, which I'm sure you have at places. Right. Um, you know, we have great relationships and you just hope that as your relationships develop with these guys that, you know, there's at least a trust factor in, here, I'm telling you exactly what I see. I'm telling you exactly what I believe. Um, you know, and if he wants to have that conversation of, well, coach, what do you think? I'm going to give, I'm going to give him a straight answer. Right. You know? um, and, you know, there were, there were some guys who, you know, took, took our answers or took our advice and stayed some guys that took our advice and, and, and still left. Um, and some guys who took advice and left, you know, um, it just, it, it depends on the individual and, mm-hmm. you know, we can't be, uh, you know, blind to the fact that there's other people in their ear. Right. Um, right. And we don't control that. 
you know, just like you don't control a call on the field. Mm -hmm. So um, control the controllables and we're going to keep doing what what we believe is the right thing to do for these guys day in and day, day out. And, you know, let the kind of the, the chips fall around us. Oh, same thing here. We know there's parents in our kids' ears. We know there's mom or grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, blah, 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 blah. And we hear it in the stands. Don't, what kind of stupid call was that? And you're like, ah, yeah, whatever. Uh, but then if, as long as they, if you could tell they're buying into what we're saying, we're like, we're okay. And that, and that's kind of what happened at Addison. You know, we made the playoffs this year. First time since 2014. It was awesome. Uh, we won our road playoff. Our playoff win, our OC went to Addison. He goes, guys, I think this was the first road playoff win since 97 when I was a senior in high school. And we were like, oh, my God, really? He's like, yeah, first road playoff win since I was. They went to the state title game that year. He goes, that took – and we were like, oh, my God. But it was kind of the same thing. It was a culture because – I got there during COVID summer because I said COVID can't last as long as we think it is. And I took the job like an idiot and well, let's get to the spring and whatever. But it finally got built up to this point where we didn't quit it. The way you're describing Eastern, it was kind of like us last year. If we got down in a game by 10 points, our kids would have quit. Like most of them, you know, like, Oh, no point in playing hard this year. There was three times where a team scored on us like this. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, we're up 21 to 7 now? That's awesome. Like we didn't quit or or it tied it up or whatever it was. So the culture part, I don't even know if that's the right word anymore. It's a buzzword. But <laughs> it's the same thing. If you have that relationship, they don't leave. They don't go do anywhere. We're battling private schools right now coming into our field to recruit kids. But, you know, we it's same thing. So it's awesome to hear that and then awesome that we're doing the same thing. Because uh, like I said, if they trust you, they'll just do whatever you ask them. And you could go up to a kid and high school's a little different. Oh, I broke up with my girlfriend and they'll come talk to you about it. And you're like, let me hear about it. You know, or like mom and dad grounded me for what? Well, I egged a house. Well, dumbass, don't egg a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you made the right decision sometimes going to college, not dealing with, with that. <laughs> well, you got to be uh, if you, in this job now. You got to be ready to pick up the boxes and move. You know, if you know the things don't go the right way, or you know things do go the right way. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that's 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 a whole other animal in itself. Um, oh yeah. You know, trying to find the right hockey program. You know, for <laughs> for the kids and and the right place to live. Um, but uh, no, there's there's goods and bads of both of them. I mean, at the end of the day, a good coach is going to be consistent. He's going to be consistent with his relationships. He's going to be consistent whether the team's winning, whether the team's losing, um, or you're tied. You know, Uh Um, I mean, if you saw, we had a couple overtime games this year. You know, Um, both of them, you know, first overtime they got the ball, they went down, scored, kicked the extra point. We went down, scored, we went for two, we missed. Mm -hmm. You know, and essentially with that, we're conference champs this year and we're in the playoffs. Um, And then two games later, same deal. They, we go to overtime, they get the ball, they score, we get the ball, we score, we go for two and we get it. Right. Um, you know, and our, our staff, our players were just consistent about everything we did. Um, and the consistency, you know, I think is, is really part of what won, you know, um, and turn this program around. Right. Um, coaches in, at the high school level or coaches at the pro level, you know, coaches at the middle school level. If you're consistent and your players see that, there's a lot, uh, it's a lot easier to trust you, 
you know, mm-hmm. and to trust what you're saying and what you are trying to help them believe in. Um, if you can be consistent. Yeah. And I'm the consistent guy that, uh, is a jerk slash jokes around a lot. Like if in my online meeting rooms, who somebody, if somebody recorded those, it would be, I don't know if I'd be fired, but I might be brought in and be like, really? Like, man, you're as high as Snoop Dogg right now. What are you doing here? Or like, <laughs> Hey, you know, when you see, I was like, guys, you know what a buffet is? They don't, they're not as round as much due to COVID, <laughs> but can you run like you're running to a buffet to eat that? Or, or I would just, or, or I might rewind it a couple of times. I'd be like, were you thinking about your girlfriend here? Were you thinking about the ch- like? I'm just outrageous, and that, and that's the clean version. Not even. <laughs> but the thing is, then we go out to the field, and they'll joke with me. They'll be like, "Hey, your hairline there, Coach Steve," and I'll be like, "What? Come on, man!" But <laughs> that was that was it. It was this back and forth. It was um, if another coach tried that with them on staff, they might look at him, be like, "Who's this guy?" Like it yeah. has to be me that does that. But I did it with the whole team. Like it wasn't just a line. It was like running backs, quarterback. I could go do whatever. And that's the plus side of coaching multiple sports is I can get those kids do that. And then sometimes off the sideline, the quarterback might come talk to me and I'm the old line coach. They might come talk to me and I'm like, Hey, you're gonna get me in trouble. Go to the OC. I get it, but go over here. But every position coach figured that out. And I think I might've started that because of how outrageous I am and like how boast I am. But then other position coaches started joking with their thing. And I'm like, hopefully they're seeing me do that. And now they're like, oh, I could be goofy. I could be myself and do those things. And then that fed into the kids because now they're doing it. And I think that I like to say that's part of why we finally broke through and made the playoffs in Illinois. Like I think that's part of it is it finally just like you said, it glued together. Boom. Done. And well, we those did. relationships and – you know, you talk about those, that's probably the thing I'm going to miss most about being the special teams coordinator. You know, you dealt with everybody on the team. Uh-huh. That was the coolest part, you know, um, being the offensive coordinator. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly with the offense and, and I know some of those defensive guys still, but you know, if I'm blessed enough to be in this role in four years and all those defensive guys that I had coached on special teams cycle out, you know, I'm not going to have those relationships like you were talking with, with all the different players yeah. on, on both sides of the ball. Like that was the greatest part about being the special teams coordinator is having those relationships all over the place um, yeah. and being able to joke with guys. Um, now I also watched myself a little bit more like, you know, somebody's, I was also a receivers coach. So, you know, some, one of the DBs is holding the receiver, you know, <laughs> I wasn't getting all over him. Cause I knew I needed him to run down on punt in the next period during practice. Right. Um, right. But, uh, uh, but yeah, having those relationships across uh, the team is, is, is pretty special, you right. know, and, and um, you know, uh, definitely something I'm going to miss in, uh, in my new role. Yeah. But now you're the boss. Now you're the boss, man. Now you get to make calls. <laughs> Now you can either get a Starbucks bought for you or you got to buy it yourself. That's what's going to happen now. <laughs> Very true. I did have uh, one of the locals buy me a uh, uh, a cup of coffee after we uh, fake punted on Bowling Green and got it for, uh, for 20 yards. So, uh, <laughs> made the right call on that one. Well, and I'm friends with the guy that owns Panther Liquors, so I'm just saying. Okay. He, he, <laughs> he coached – I coached with him at Charleston High School, and so well, – there you go. If you need some connections, I know some people. We'll talk after the podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on here. Great stuff. Yes, um, big fan, obviously, still of EIU. Like what you guys are doing. Coach Wilkerson invited me down, and it's just 
driving from the suburbs is too much. So I got to get back down there at some point. But, you know, when you go to college there and, and live there for so long, and you leave, you're like, oh, do I go back or, you know, hang around college kids again? <laughs> but I appreciate well, hopefully you. This, uh, hopefully this March and April, when we have one of these Saturday practices for spring ball, you're able to uh, make it down and, uh, you know, it doesn't get too much into your schedule. And uh, I know you coach multiple sports, but maybe making it down for one of those would be good, be good, uh, be good fun. Yeah, I'll have to look at my calendar and see, but maybe I'll try. Um, awesome. But I appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thanks.